Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Welcome back to the podcast. This is David Yaz from the Boston Podcast Network. And of course, in the virtual studio, our hosts are back, J.P. Plunkett and Josh Cohen. Today, they are joined by a special guest. It's Dave Wedge, former Boston Herald reporter, award-winning author, and New York Times best-selling author. Boys, take it away. Thank you, David Yaz, and good morning, Josh. And uh, thank you very much to uh, Dave Wedge. Uh, grew up in Brockton. Nice. Rod Brockton High alum and um, Boston College grad and fantastic reporter with the Heralds. Great family and very exciting what he has going on with uh, his writing partner, Casey Sherman. And um, they have a a book called Height Hunting Whitey that's climbing up charts and has all sorts of exciting Boston juicy tidbits to it. And just thought we would say thanks, Dave. And um, Tell us a little bit about the exciting um, Whitey Belger book that you and Casey have going on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Congrats on the podcast. Um, JP, we haven't had an opportunity to speak about it yet, but I'm real happy to see you doing this. It's great. So, yep, thank you. Thank, JP's going uh, to take this national day. <laughs> I have no doubt. But uh, no, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's been, um, you know, as you guys know, I, I was a reporter at the Herald for 14 years, so I covered a lot of the Whitey stuff over the years. And, um, you know, I never really thought of doing a Bulger book because, you know, so much had been written about it over the years from, you know, my colleagues, you know, from Howie Carr to, to Kevin Cullen and Shelley Murphy and all them and, you know, the movies, Departed, Black Mass. So I kind of thought the story was was beaten to a deadly pulp. Um, but then Whitey was killed in prison and, um, actually it was our agent that flagged us on it and said, you know, someone's going to write that final chapter in the story and you guys should do it. So Casey and I kind of started to think about it and started to make some calls and talk to some people. And we kind of found a way into the story. Um, the other thing that happened was once Whitey was dead, it kind of freed up a lot of people to talk a little more. Uh-huh. So including the FBI, which was very fortuitous for us. Uh, because they really opened up their files to us for this for this book, and um, you know we got unprecedented access to the to the investigation into his flight from justice, like like it never really been done before. So. What was sort of the first step when, when when you guys dove into this? You know, what was the very first thing or two or three that you that you did to really you know get the energy moving for the um for the research? The first thing I did was wrote a letter to his his uh, killer, his accused killer, Freddie mm-hmm. Gius. And the guy wrote me back. Um, the other thing that happened very early in the process was um, was Freddie Gius's daughter, Taylor. Uh, there was an announcement that we were doing the book once we got the book deal. Um, it, it was in like the trades, the Hollywood trades. So um, 
once that news came out, Freddie Jesus' daughter, she wanted to help us with the book. She was like, look, I, I really want to work with you guys on this. So I started talking to her. Simultaneously, Casey started talking to the FBI. Um, he had a good contact over there. And, um, you know, then we started, you know, U.S. Attorney's Office. Then we just started hitting the streets. And it's funny, you know, people started calling us. So it happened pretty quick. Hey, Dave, what, what surprises did you find out that just shocked you along the way? You know, I, I mean, you know, the obvious stuff is, you know, the, the, the mismanagement by the Federal Bureau of Prisons struck me with, you know, putting an 89-year-old in, infirm old man in that horrible prison in West Virginia. And uh, that's a big part of the book. And I, you know, I, we really dug into that. And I spent a lot of time talking to the, you know, prison officials and, and again, Freddie Gius's family and, and other people. And just the way that Whitey ended up there is, is it's really, frankly, it's criminal. You know, uh, there is an investigation still going on into that right now. And I, I hope that someone's held accountable. And, you know, no tears for Whitey Bulger, but, you know, we, we live in a civil society and that's not how our prison should be run. They should be run responsibly and that's not the case here what about um some of the potential lingering cash that's hidden wherever it might be i mean could that be a sequel to your book um how's the hunt for that money going david yeah no that's a that's a great point jp too and that's that's something we talk about in the book is uh there's potentially millions of dollars i mean the estimates from from people we've spoken to are as, as high as 10 if not more million around the world. And, you know, he had $822,000 in cash on him. Most of that money is believed to be in safety deposit boxes outside of the country. Um, and he, it's funny because Whitey Bulger, um, two things happened on 9-11. You know, he became, well, shortly after 9-11, he, you know, he couldn't leave the country anymore. So that money was off the table. And then Bin Laden was killed. So Whitey became number one most wanted uh, criminal in, in, the, in the country on the FBI's most wanted list. So 9-11 um, changed the trajectory for him severely because he no longer could leave the country to get that money. So, you know, the FBI tells us that they're, they want to track it down. But, I mean, I don't know. They have how, no idea where it is. I don't know how you do it. You know, I don't know what the international rules are on, on you know, tracing the origins of bank, bank deposit boxes. But... I think it would be safe to say to start in London and and, uh, and Ireland, you know, but they definitely did uh, do s some investigation into, into London. I know that they didn't come up with them. Dave, how far um, in advance do you think a, frankly, a genius uh, mind like Waddy Belger, how far in advance did he prepare for this inevitable flea that he had to take? Yeah, I think he prepared for it his whole life, I think. You know, his whole life was prepared for being one step ahead of law enforcement, you know, um, with his ties with John Connolly. And, you know, he really used Kevin Weeks to to as, as a pawn between him and Connolly. Kevin, and who now lives in Milton. Yeah. And, and you know, he would, um, he would basically just, you know, he, he, the way we tell the story is, you know, he was all, he's not only a student of crime, which he had a PhD in, and he went to the Harvard of crime, which is Alcatraz. Um, but he also was a student of how to be a fugitive. And when he was caught in Santa, Bar uh, Santa Monica, he not only had all that cash and all those guns, but he had tons of books about how to be a fugitive, escaping from prison, how to make fake IDs. Um, so he had been doing this stuff for years. And, and we have access to over 70 letters in the book that he wrote himself. And he talks a lot about these issues, about how he 
managed to stay ahead of law enforcement and how he's on the run. So it's, it's wild stuff. He paid a homeless guy in Santa Monica for his social security number. You know, he's wow. like a homeless veteran and Whitey gave the guy 500 bucks and the guy turned over his, his info to Whitey. What about Catherine Krieg? Uh, what, what is she up to these days? And, you know, is she out of the weeds, so to speak? Yeah, so Kat- Catherine, uh, Greg has served her time. She Whitey's brought- girlfriend, for those who don't uh, know. Right. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, she spent 16 years on the run with Whitey Bulger. She um, was convicted of aiding and abetting. I, th- I believe she got an eight-year sentence. She served that already. Um, well, it's been that long. That's crazy. Well, it was 2013, so she got off with good, you know, that's seven years ago. So she got off with some good time. Uh, she was released. She's living with Bulger's relatives down in Hingham. And she hasn't talked. She wouldn't talk. Her attorney, uh, Kevin Reddington, good Brockton guy, by the way, he he uh, gave us a statement. That's it. He didn't want to talk for the book. And and uh, Bulger's lawyer didn't want to talk to us much either. Well, before we go, you know, Josh uh, or Dave, uh, any other Whitey-related questions to Dave Wedge, but I, I wanted to quickly wrap it up uh, in a moment or two uh, and tease um, Dave and Casey's exciting book coming up on uh, the death of John Lennon, the assassination of John Lennon. I think it comes out at Christmas time, and not only a, most of us, especially I know Dave Wedge and I go back to Boston College listening to John Lennon, but um, they wrote it with James Patterson, you know, world famous author. So for all of the above, I think that's exciting. Uh, but any final Whitey qu- questions, guys, before we dive into a quick bit on uh, Lennon? I'll ask hey, Dave, one. Dave, go ahead. No, Josh, you go ahead. And yeah, then I'll go. Are these books available on audio yet? Yeah, yeah. So all our books are generally available on audio. Uh, the Whitey one for sure on Amazon, Audible. It's all on there. What's the uh, What's the name of the book so the audience knows it? Uh, it's Hunting Whitey, the inside story, the capture and killing of America's most wanted crime boss. And it's uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, independent booksellers should all have it. It's funny, weird time to be uh, launching a book, you know, bookstores not being open, but uh, they're starting to open now. So I, I would encourage you, you know, you people out there listening to support your local independent bookstores too, you know, the Brookline Booksmiths of the world and, you know, the Barnes and Nobles, stuff like that. Dave, just one, one question from me. What, what remains of the Whitey Bulger gang in Boston today, if anything? Well, it's nothing really. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that are out of prison, though. I mean, they're all walking the streets, as JP just mentioned. You know, Kevin Weeks lives in Milton. Uh, John Monterano's out. He's, I think, he's in like. John Monterano went to Milton High. Yeah, played football, and he, he was, I believe, was he? He was friends with Ed Bradley, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, He uh, he's out. He lives in you know somewhere north of Boston. Um, uh, I actually sat down with Pat Nee for this book in, uh, in South Boston, Pat knees out. He's in Southie. Kevin O'Neill's out. He's in Southie. Um, you know, well, Fred Weichel, the guy who Whitey put in jail for 36 years for a crime he didn't commit. He's in Southie, you know, red shades in Southie. They're all around, you know, so all these people that frankly, you know, a lot of them are murderers, you know, they, they're, they're out. Great stuff. Um, I guess a quick pivot to wrap it up. Um, it's quite the segue, Whitey Belder to John Lennon, um, <laughs> but maybe not really such a seg- uh, crazy segue. Tell us about um, your latest venture. Yeah, this one's exciting too. You know, James Patterson uh, uh, connected with us. He's been doing a lot of kind of true crime stuff and, you know, ripped from the headlines sort of stories. And, you know, obviously he did the famous Jeffrey Epstein book, which that series that's now on, on Netflix about the Epstein case is, is based on Patterson's book. And 
Uh, if you guys haven't read that one, it's a, and you're into the nonfiction, it's, it's disturbing, but they did a phenomenal job in that book of really ripping the cover off of that Epstein case before he was charged. Um, it's a wild yeah. story. So Patterson got in touch with us and you know, the 40th anniversary of John Lennon's murder is in December and needed a couple of journalists to partner up with him to kind of dig into that case. So Casey and I just dove right in. We went down to New York. We interviewed everybody that was alive that, that was involved in the case from, you know, the, the witnesses that saw the shooting to the, the doctor who literally massaged Lennon's heart before he died. And uh, we read through all the old case files. We talked to, you know, Mark David Chapman's uh, doctors and friends. And so we, we, it was an exciting project to be a part of. That's the beauty. I, I remember. You gotta love it, JP. You'll like it. It's 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 quite a yarn. And Patterson's oh, I can't wait. Way he writes his style is very. When I'm reading it, I'm gonna be thinking about the days at BC where we would go back and forth between the early Dre and Ice Cube solo discs, <laughs> and Lennon Legend. We just wore it out. Well, it's all great, great music, right? It is exactly right. What is the status of Mark David Chapman? He, he remains in prison now. Is there ever any hope of him getting out before he dies? Um, you know, Chapman comes up for parole every two years. And, and uh, in the book, we, we dig into all his parole hearing uh, records. And there's some fascinating stuff that has come out in those parole hearings over the years. But I don't think there's much of an appetite for the parole board in New York to let him out. So I would expect him to die. How old is he, Dave? Chapman, he's... 65 now. I, I have an advantage of having him on my screen. I don't, didn't know that off the top of my head, but yeah. No, we, 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 did, we did a deep dive in his life, though, and uh, he's a, he was a real uh, dark character, to say the he least. 25 when he killed him. Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was 25 years old, and he, you know, he, he changed the trajectory of you know, really history. Well, that's, that's it from my end. I couldn't thank you enough. Everybody should really yeah, check out uh, Dave Wedge's various social profiles and dive into his fantastic books that include Tom Brady, Marathon Bombing. I mean, the list goes on between him and Casey. They're just skyrocketing as a, as a, a writing duo and super um, happy for them. And uh, thanks, Dave and Josh and, and Dave. Yeah, has anything to add before we let... Um, Dave, I, I take it... Um, books available on amazon or wherever you buy books online yeah yeah absolutely yeah they, they, i appreciate that take care guys all right Thanks. i'll Thanks. talk to you later bud it's the josh jp philosophy please subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, and please share it with a friend or a colleague in your network who would be interested the show is supported by red dome realty and legacy financial group for more information on these organizations and how to get in touch with your host check the show notes of this podcast Thanks for listening.